gets a good rapport with, with those guys. But in, in any case, um, we'll, we'll start the episode now because it actually did start. So, guys, this is uh, Sports Goose episode 25, the silver episode. Uh, we are... Oh, you should have made the color silver. Well, actually, the number 25 is, uh, is, is grayish, so that's kind of silver. I'll allow it. So that it's, it's allowed. Thank you. Uh, our, our theme is red, white, and black to celebrate those bunch of jerks. Front running. The, the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we've got the image of a horse because I guess we will talk a little bit about it, even though I have no real clue as to what the heck happened at the Kentucky Derby. Uh, one in one NHL game, game seven between the Stars and the Blues. In I, what we think is the Enterprise Center in right. St. Louis. Don't know who's going to win that one. It's hockey. Nobody knows. The NBA actually has compelling series, and we have the 2-2 series between the Philadelphia 76ers and the Toronto Kawhi Leonards. The Portland Trailblazers and Denver Nuggets, which is the best series so far in the semifinals of the NBA. The all 15 NBA, uh, MLB teams are out, uh, including Charles's Yankees, who uh, keep falling, keep dropping like flies, but continue to keep winning. The best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays, which, Andrew? I really didn't think I'd ever hear that before, but hey, it's great. But again, we're really early in the season. In an expansion matchup against your, your brothers, the Arizona Diamondbacks. That's true. Very cool. Versus the... Uh, and then we have uh, my team, the worst team in baseball, the Miami Marlins versus the Chicago Cubs. And then the the Los Angeles Dodgers, best team out in the NL West versus the terrible Atlanta Braves. Okay. Uh, so I guess I wanted to start with the NBA just to get things started. <laughs> for an extra for the other, you can get the gold edition. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have microtransactions, folks, by the way. <laughs> actually we could have set up a loyalty system and all that stuff yeah. i'm looking into that because maybe we can actually have microtransactions you can actually you can you can uh you can pay for a dance to have andrew do the floss dance if you want on screen on camera screw you <laughs> you will never catch me dead doing that okay besides i can't do it i've tried um so NBA, Charles, uh, I want to start with, because I know Andrew will probably set out most of this conversation, but uh, <laughs> the only 3-1 series, the Milwaukee Bucks last night, I saw the game. I don't know if you saw the game, but I saw at least pretty much the fourth quarter of the game where Giannis Antetokounmpo uh, kind of solidified himself as a superstar in this league just by the way he took over that fourth quarter. For the Bucks and really the Bucks is uh, his 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 also his uh, supporting cast, uh, pretty much showing that um, maybe that first game against Boston was just an anomaly. Debatable, but yeah. I mean, you want to start, or should I just kind of dive into my impression? I mean, you can. I I mean, I gosh, that dunk at the end with like a minute left. Dirty. Oh yeah, no, that was it. That was basically like a that was. It might have been a dagger for the Boston Celtics overall because I don't see them going back and winning in Milwaukee. I, I think the, the thing is is that it's a combination of Giannis is becoming Godonis, if I could uh, use that Godonis. for future trademark purposes. And also it's just Boston's really not as good as they want because there doesn't seem to be a lot of cohesion and a lot of bad shot selection. I mean, the, the lineup that 
Budenholzer has kind of popped out. It's working to a degree. Um, Giannis is doing what he can, and surprisingly, Eric Bledsoe is doing good compared to the fact that last year he was uh, being called Drew Bledsoe by a certain Terry Rozier, <laughs> so he's really showing up. The other cast around him is really just kind of not doing well. Chris Milton just shot like 419 for that game. Nikola Miritich is like 3 of 10. And I know, Charles, you're just going off of certain stats from one game, but it's a pattern because you know who else is slumping pretty badly? A man on a different team, the team that they're going against. He took a lot of, like, he had a lot of missed shots and very important points at that fourth quarter. I mean, he's playing like he's playing at LA Fitness. You got to quit that stuff, man. You know, don't bog. Yeah. No, no, he took some. I mean, it wasn't bad shot. It was just he was missing. He was missing. And, I mean, there was a stretch of that point, like, in the fourth quarter where, like, both teams weren't doing anything until Giannis just pretty much took over the game from there. Uh, and just they sealed away the, the victory. And um, But what, what I saw from Boston game one, just have not seen it since 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 then. That game was always a gotcha game. You know, like, that's what it kind of comes into is that we as fans understand that basketball is competitive, but when we get to these further rounds of the playoffs, is that all right, so the first round is basically sweeps, closest sweeps, or no surprise, really. Only one game won seven, and that was the expected game. You get to round two, you get the gotcha games. You know, you had a little bit in the first round with Brooklyn and Philly, but this one's the gotcha game. It's like, all right, now we got a four seed. We're going to do some competition. So, yeah, they're going to win at home. But, you know, the whole level of play on a consistent night, when you have, I don't know, 90 games already played on the season at this point, the fatigue, the mindset also, what you got on paper. We, we talked about this several weeks ago when we were talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs and applies to basketball, um, a little bit with baseball, but that's a different story for different days, that you can figure out a team real quickly knowing that you have to play them up to seven times in a complete series and nobody else. And mm-hmm. I think what happens is Milwaukee's kind of figured out that Boston is very stagnant on the offensive side, if Kyrie's taking shots that he shouldn't take, 722, one for seven on three point. Kyrie shouldn't shoot three points. It's not really his game. When you have other guys who aren't really ball dominating handlers, a la Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they're good to kind of push a little bit. They're going for a fast break, but they're not guys that are going to kind of like get it going. Then Gordon Hayward's an inconsistent shooter because he is. Night he's dropping like 20 points, and then last night's game he's dropping two. The only guy who's kind of a concept for that team is Al Horford, but Al Horford at 32 playing the center position, who gets who has to guard Giannis the whole time, him, and his legs are working like molasses. So it's kind of like the perfect storm in Milwaukee to kind of work out the kinks to see what their bench can do going forward because now is when the real fatigue comes in. That's when you want to utilize a lot of your bench players, such as the Ersan de la Silvias, the George Hills, maybe more of... Um, Pat McGannon, who's kind of a little quiet in this year. And if Malcolm Brogdon comes back, then you trust fully integrate him. But it's mm-hmm. been kind of a lame series, but it's been entertaining and first. I agree with that. I, it is. I mean, it's. I think it's more of a... Maybe the Milwaukee Bucks is coming out party in a sense. Because... I think we're finally starting to see... Because people thought, okay, maybe they, they were a bit vulnerable after game one. But now we're finally starting to see... Um, not only Giannis, but the supporting cast like Bledsoe and such, just finding finding their stride, and it might actually push them to the to, through the Eastern Conference Finals into the NBA Finals. 
So for the for me, and of course, I like seeing a Boston team relatively sucking for for once. So mm-hmm. that's great. Um, and also, I mean, this is just more fuel as to whether. I mean, there's the other storyline for Boston where is Kyrie going to stay or is he going to hightail it back to L.A. and be with LeBron? So that's a good question to ask because this is not a LeBron leaving Cleveland to go to Miami situation where it's like you did everything you could in the playoffs and, you know, it came for not. This is the whole, like, you were kind of bad in the playoffs and yeah. you're not like Joel Embiid who was like, I have the flu, I can't play. You know, this is more or less like you're taking ugly shots. You're looking very uh, liable on defense. You can't even get to the line when there's fouls to be given. Um, you're not showing up and doing the keep, bro. And, and it's funny. I thought, and we, you know, I had thought the Boston had finally figured it out. They had their eight-man rotation. Al Horford started getting going. Uh, Gordon Hayward finally got going after. I mean, because they took a while for them to actually get going to the regular season. It's like, okay, maybe they're finally hitting their stride. But now. I guess Milwaukee kind of nipped that in the bud before they could actually do so. They're also not a fast – Boston doesn't play kind of fast defense. They don't do a lot of full-court stuff on the fast break. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Giannis is usually leading that man. And that man what, – what is he, 6'12", 7-foot fairness for the longest thing span you'll see on a person. And he's going at you, and then you got a little bit of Terry Rozier standing there. And he's getting you know, Giannis' bucks to his face. Um, in Boston's castle, I think Al Holford as a person, as a player, but he's not going to be tripping up the line for you. Uh, there's mismatch that comes in with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown have to be in the backcourt. Uh, and also, just Boston's not a very good three-point shooting team. Uh, and you're going to have to ask one of the Morris twins, you know, I'm waiting for their brother Zach Morris to come out and say, hey, I'm the adopt father or whatever. Or sibling, say by the bell joke for those who don't know, please, I'm old, I understand that. <laughs> um, you know, there's not somebody, you need a player to say, Kyrie, stop shooting, give me the ball, and let me handle a little bit. And you need guys who, if you can't shoot threes, don't shoot threes, because you can keep it close. Because Milwaukee was, they were stagnant a little bit in the third, which was expected because the D comes in, but if you're not in contention, in the fourth quarter by like minute three right. or four in that quarter, it was you over. give up. That's, that's where you get. And that's when the game got into a huge lull because there was a point where both teams weren't even making their shots. And then, and so Boston lost about, I would say two to three minutes worth of, of offense straight from there where they were within like six, seven points of, of Milwaukee, but they just could never get any closer. And once again, like you said, they, they weren't even trying, they weren't shooting threes. They weren't shooting anything. I think the only injury that comes at the end result of the season storyline. Yeah, go for the Anthony Davis in the future. Mortgaging everything. This is as far as we go. Kyrie and let him go. Can't convince Kyrie to stay. Or does Kyrie go elsewhere? And then on the Milwaukee side, I think we talked about last episode and it goes from here. If every time they have an opportunity to win, progress or a team savvy. Um, and then on the green holes, there's a flourish that speaking of players, we remember to forget. Sheesh, I haven't heard that right. in a while. <laughs> anyway, a first, and if they long fight somehow, then this round goes say hey, next year when it's the second system, you know, second year in the system. Um, I mean, got personally excited for a Milwaukee Toronto series, mildly excited for Milwaukee because you guys know I'm kind of riding hard on the hate train. Uh, drinking that haterade against Philly. 
Um, I mean, okay, we can move. Let's segue into that series because, I mean, I don't, I don't know how Kawhi is going to lift this team. I, I mean, he could do it. He could do it. But I mean, he's truly elite. He truly is one of the elite players in the league. But no doubt. do you think he? I mean, can he do it for two more games to get them over? Because I mean, I mean, Kyle Lowry, dear lord. But he always liked that for every playoffs. I mean, he's. I mean, every class. But you would. But it's the same thing this this time. He's not making. He's not even trying to shoot at this point. Like can I mean? First off, Kawhi is not going to stay with this. With this type no. of performance, that he's just not going to stay. He's going to hightail it to the Clippers and 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 what have you. But what makes you think the Clippers? Just curious. Well, uh, one because Steve Ballmer is the richest owner in the NBA. I guess that makes well, sense, Mike. He is also very much of a people person to the players. Which right, the and the Clippers. In sharp contrast to their last owner. Exactly. <laughs> the Clippers have have actually changed their image, and this is something I was hearing about um, uh, earlier in the week is that the Clippers are an enticing destination. One, they have Doc Rivers, who's a good coach. Um, two, Steve Ballmer is willing to put up whatever money he needs to. Um, three, L.A., but they're the second L.A. team, so they don't come with the same pressure that you will get with the Lakers and, of course, the Lakers with LeBron. Um, they don't have – I mean, next, you have another reason, is they actually have a team that surprised everyone this season by the way they performed. So – I mean, you get one or two superstars. I think they have enough to sign two max deals. Um, exactly. So that would put them way over the top in the Western Conference. I think the Clippers are are set to to kind of erase the narrative as the butt of all NBA jokes. And they have done that for quite a while now. They're not really the butt of NBA jokes anymore. It's more of the New York Knicks who also could do the same thing this offseason. But I like the Clippers' chances more than the Knicks. Um, but that's why to, to jump on it a little bit because you asked a couple of things and went from there is can he carry it no one can really carry a team in the playoffs this is not the late 90s early 2000s anymore you need a cohesive unit but i think what happens is for anybody that faces philly if they end up eliminating uh toronto afterwards is that you hope for the inevitable implosion of the starting five that seems to happen a lot whenever you have Embiid, Simmons, and Butler on the floor. Uh, you know, because you notice how like Simmons has had to kind of decrease himself a little bit. So Jimmy Butler and Simmons might be the, the weakest board. of that group if you were trying to, you know, Completely isolate some exactly, but still. I, I mean, so the thing is, you wait for that implosion because here's what you get this is your starting five, right? Embiid, Simmons, Harris, uh, JJ Reddick, and then you know, obviously. And Butler, right? So you got all this stuff going on. Jimmy needs the ball to dominate. Jimmy can be a closer at times. Jimmy likes to shoot. But if Simmons is out there controlling everything, it moves Butler off of his game. And Simmons has to kind of take Butler, so he's not a cut kind of player. He's a cut player, theoretic. But is J.J. Reddick reliable at the J.J. Reddick's a good shooter. He's not like the Kyle Kerr where you know it's going to be um, a – you know, where it's been obviously uh, like, Jerry has been the shooting two and three again on the mid. Joey is there, there. Let me be honest, you want to kind of let that off flow him, but you can't do that if you have 
uh, they're demanding the ball, and you have somebody pop out, out the screens, and then you have Tobias Harris. Look, I can be the same guy. Don't make me the same guy, but if Butler's having a bad and Bede's having a bad night, guess who's going to go to? And they go to Tobias Harris to run through it. Tobias Harris, he's a good scorer because he usually were on teams that have to score just Orlando, so as Clippers before he was traded around, right? Such as Detroit when he was around. The last person you want is Ben Simmons to be doing any kind of domination. He has no jump shot, no uh, kind of sense of offensive skill aside from fast break dunks and then getting layups and the dunks in when he can or free throws. You don't necessarily, like if I'm a coach, I'm going to strategize with like suffocate all the other four, let JJ take the shots that he needs to take, and then just leave Ben Simmons one on one and right. you know, flip that coin and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So. Toronto has that benefit. It's the reason why they want to, too. I know Embiid's saying, I'm not feeling right because I'm sick. Oh, effing well, because here's the thing. This is a common rule in basketball. One guy can get you 30 points. It happens all the time. But are you taking care of all the other guys who can get you the 15, the 20s, or maybe even higher? And I think we right. do that because they don't really have a bench, man. Like, who, who's James Ennis? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I mean that's and that's why I mean, I they they'll get killed by a team that has an eight man rotation kicking in like effectively when it yeah. comes to further down the playoffs. Exactly. So uh, that's why I don't see Milwaukee losing to Toronto. That's for sure. Um, and as far as Philly, maybe I mean that's why I don't see the Raptors getting. I mean, unless Kawhi plays out of his mind over the next course of the next two games or three games, but man. I just don't like. I even if they get past this round, I don't like their 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 matchup against the the Bucks for that very reason. You know what kind of blew up in their face a little bit was going for Marcus Saul, and I'll first and tell he, you that yeah, and he's been happened. he's disappeared as well. So yeah, I thought when the trade happened, it was because Allen shooting is going to recover a printer center or power forward who's playing as a center, which is the Joel Embiid issue. He can shoot far. And kind of speed it up. So Marcus All would have a little bit of grit. And he hasn't had that ability to show it. And they have a decent kind of depth to it, but they don't really have a big man that kind of helps lead them out. Is it a possibility that Marcus All just goes hardcore and says, nah, man, in Spain, I am a beast, just like his brother uh, Powell did? Possibly. But I think you need to resign the fact that let Joel score. Let him score. Try to box him out. Don't let him do the rebounds. Don't let him get the easy assists. Pick your poison of how you want to feel Jimmy Butler versus Tobias Harris because a man who is consistently with 15 points is just as scary as the Jimmy Butler experience of I can get you 30 and you didn't realize it. So you cut out that thing. And then you let J.J. Redick do his kind of thing because, you know, J.J. Redick is a little bit of a dagger, but he is a dagger for a reason. The dagger comes in when it's at late in the game, right? It's not like J.J. Redick just blows it up and it's great. J.J. Redick has his games where he just goes off. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have to just kind of play it out. So any team, I think, will benefit from the implosion. And full disclosure, I am on the Philly hate train because I just don't like the way they've constructed their roster to where they got to now. And the irony is that there's not even a consist there's not even like a consistency with their future because unlike other players who have demanded trades away during the season, there has not been a sign and trade deal. There has not been an extension given. This is going to be a guy. And Jimmy Butler, who still will kind of 
test the water, see what other teams are worth worth <laughs> 29 going on. Yeah, I, yeah that's true. I saw like uh, just a, before, just as a final comment before we move out to the West, somebody posted like, oh, there's rumors of Jimmy Butler's interest in Sacramento Kings. I'm like, of all the teams. You've dealt with with Minnesota. You had issues. There were some issues in Philly. You're gonna go to Sacramento, really? Yeah, <laughs> Unless he's just looking for the money, but he's gonna be it's really gonna be frustrated. Really he's gonna be really it, frustrated over there. Wait, aren't they getting? New, aren't they getting a new arena or something? Or Sacramento? No, the Kings have a new arena. Oh, they they're do. Just, they're just awful. Oh. they're just awful. And they they they're like the fiftieth coach in like five seasons. So. <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, we'll move on to the Speaking West. Speaking of the West. Exactly. Um, let's go with, um, well, let's start with Denver and Portland before we get to the, the one that everybody's talking about all the time. Um, that four-overtime game. Oh, dear Lord. I'm actually going to bring up show. something that tops that even later, but for now, th- four overtimes, that's... Uh... That's that's two addition. That's an additional game. That these two teams have been so. I mean, it's been basketball at its finest. Really, it really has been. I mean, this is probably the most compelling series out of all of them, but nobody talks about it. Wait, are overtime periods twelve minutes or are they only five? They're only five minutes in the NBA, but but still, that's that four overtimes. That's 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 more than another quarter. Right. Of, of it's almost two more quarters. Of it's basketball. almost another half. Exactly. So, um, but I like the fact that this series is showcasing these other guys in the NBA, um, from from Jokic to, to to Lillard, just these other guys that okay, if we don't have LeBron in the playoffs, okay, boo hoo, whatever. Um, LeBron's got his issues out in LA and they've got a lot of issues, that's for sure. Um, might get Ty Lue back, of all people. Um, Cleveland Cavaliers West. We might as well just call him that from here on out. I really want to hear what uh, Cesar has to say about well, that. Well, if I head back out to LA this month, maybe I can actually do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> actually do a West Coast version of this show. It's kind of like uh, Sports Center, uh, Sports Center LA edition. Exactly. So, um, but. I, I mean, I don't know. What do you have to say about this series, Charles, if you have anything? I think the shame of it is that you're not going to get a lot of people highlighting it. It's two non basketball cities and states. Portland and Denver. I mean, you know, Portland had its time as being a relevant NBA force in the two to back years when they won a championship. Denver was just a George Carl running and kind of deputated because they fire him and then comes Ryan Shaw and there's a little bit inconsistent. And I got to get Mike Malone to get some love. And, you know, I think it also suffers from being on the West Coast. So all the best games have been on the West it, Coast. It, it also yeah. suffers from the fact that everybody's resigned to saying, okay, fine, whoever wins the series is going to end up losing to Houston or Golden State. That too. And, you know, there, there's like two people that come out as like pure heroes in this. One's being Damian Lillard, who is literally just kind of like, he, he, he is Captain America. I said, we're going to go get you Thanos for those who haven't seen Endgame. I won't spoil it, but that's like... Someone I, dies. Yeah, that's what I feel he's essentially kind of doing. He, he, he is, he's he been living the team for years. Um, CJ McCollum helps out a little bit, but there's still a barren roster. Why? Because Al Farouk Amino and Nick Harkless are your other two starting five. And if you say who, there's a reason why. Because even non-NBA <laughs> or even casual NBA fans... 
can list you guys. When you hear those names, like, wait, that's in the playoff game? Are you sure you pronounce that right? That's basically what people say. That too is like, how do we, does he need a translator? I'm like, no, 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 it's okay. He's a nice guy. Um, and then with Denver, their their idea, their, their storyline is like, we're trying to prove to you that we are a legitimate two seed, even though we came out of nowhere last year. Because they barely missed out on the playoffs last year. So they're trying to show you that with old-ass Paul Mitchell, uh, not with a bunch of guards such as, you know, they get Paul Murray, Gary Harris, all these people that you have no interest with. And you're getting the best kind of technical, kind of brutal, a little bit uh, playing. And Portland's doing all this without the other uh, foreigner, Mr. Nurkic. Because Jokic is on Denver, Nurkic with Portland, and he had that terrible accident occurred on court with the injury. Why, for the no, Nurkic used to be on Denver, if I remember correctly. Um, so you have some Kelly storylines going on there. But uh, yeah, Dame is just kind of carrying. So it's like, give me a damn gun. I'll snap some stuff. Don't worry. <laughs> Wait, what's the guy's name again? Which one? The the foreign guy, as you called him. All right. So there's there's uh, Yusef Nurkic or Nurkic. Gazuntai. The center for Portland. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> and he hurt himself the injury. And then in Denver, there's Nikolai Jokic. And ironically, they both used to be teammates, if I remember correctly. I swear, whenever I hear that name, it reminds me of the tennis player Novak Djokovic. Are they like all from the same country or something? Uh, from yeah, I guess same region, Eastern European. I don't know, Balkans, whatever. I have no idea. N- Nurchic is from uh, wherever World War One started. Serbs, Serbs, Slovenia, Slovak. I don't know. I'm and pretty Nikolai sure Djokovic is Serbian as well. Okay, yeah. So Serbs. All right. Uh, all right, finally, let's get on to the series everybody does talk about, the Warriors and the Rockets. Now it's 2-2. Uh, the Rockets had an awful fourth quarter, but somehow hang on to beat the Warriors. Um, are the, I mean, they're the one team that actually believes they can beat the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors have... I mean, everybody keeps talking about this is just the, the end of the dynasty. The dynasty is ending. They're just trying to squeeze a few more weeks out of the dynasty before it all blows up. I keep hearing these rumors that uh, Durant is going to go like to the Knicks or something. I mean, there's the rumors. It's Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. Who I mean, the rumors swirl around either the Los Angeles Clippers, the New York Knicks, um, so the L.A. Lakers still, despite... Um, LeBron being all, you know, weird. Uh, and Actually, that rumor is so big that Adam Sandler, who hosted SNL on Saturday, uh, re-brought back his famous Opera Man character during a Weekend Update. And one of the songs he uh, sang was about KD coming to the Knicks. <laughs> so obviously New York fans uh, really want to see him in town it makes sense if they land zion williamson but i mean i don't know if kevin durant wants to deal with the new york media because he already can't deal with the the the, the bay area media that's i can't nothing. even imagine him out in new york that's nothing compared to new york so i mean but first off, Charles, do you like the way the Rockets play basketball? 
Oh, I absolutely hate it. But it's effective. You know, it, it's it, true. They, it is their identity. Yeah, I, I, and that's the thing. I never really liked the seven seconds or less when it was D'Antoni's version of it in Phoenix because all it was is really relying well, on the fast break. Between Phoenix was five. fun. Phoenix yeah, was fun to watch. Like well, this it's is a different crowd and personality. Yeah, that's true. And this is like people are hating on the way James Harden plays, the way he's he's basically fishing for free throws all the time. And there was a comp- somebody tried to compare it to what Dwayne Wade was doing, but the no, thing is, Dwayne no. Wade is actually taking shots that he wants to make. Like James Harden is legitimately just trying to get to the line without any attention of like making the shot. Dwayne's burst there, so that that's it. Uh, you know, James. Look, it, it depends because everybody has their own kind of craft way. I don't necessarily hate offense or anything like that. I think the offense is very weird that these guys always going to call for fouls when they get away with what as it is. And you know, my belief is like the quick offense they do, and the reason why they try to go to foul lines pass guys fast anyway. Um, but here's the thing about Houston: when it works, it works, and it works well. We get to the speed far deep to the playoffs, you know, without it functioning fine. It's just we have a cast of characters. Because if people find the gold they were off putting now, granted they were everybody's love several years ago because they were the team that almost kind of made it for Mark Jackson but couldn't do it, and they were doing it for the Bay, and they were atrocious. But now they find the formula win, and they become the bad guys, the Harvey Dent, you know, die a hero, live yourself long enough to become a villain. <laughs> now, you know, Houston just has a cast of characters that you don't like because you feel that James Harden is soft and he can't do it. But mind you. 30-something points a game is a record. He had a triple-double almost last year uh, when he won his MVP season as an average. You know, people don't like Chris Paul because he's pouty, but Chris Paul is one of the best point guards I've ever seen, and he did it changing his game because once he tore his ACL back in, what, 06, he was no longer the dynamic scorer. He learned to become more of an overround player. You know, I mean, Eric Gordon is a consistent guy. He learned his role to be the third option as opposed to trying to be the lead guy. And then, you know, there's cast-offs of Kenny Farid and Ine Hilario and all these other guys who were big on the years a couple, go, couple years ago, but not now, that they're keeping the kids. And then Clint Capello, who's kind of bringing it back old school, but he's improved his stripe. But we don't like him because their personality has kind of rubbed us the wrong way. So it's kind of it's kind of different. It's kind of like, ooh. It's like we have, I mean, because there's the people, with, yeah, they hate the Warriors just because of all the success. And now people are hating on the Rockets because of, uh, their 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 studies and all their all their complaining and all that stuff. So it's like I don't know. It's like watching the uh, I don't know the Red Sox versus the Yankees. If you're a baseball fan, mm-hmm. you know. I think it's actually from, from the best way to kind of. But he, but even then, like, yeah, or you know, Ganondorf versus Bowser or something. Ganondorf um, <laughs> versus DX, but I didn't want to get into the wrestling segment yet. Not yet, not yet. So, Suck it. Okay, so we are half an hour now. I think we've had enough NBA talk. So let's actually. I'm starting to fall asleep. Here. Okay, so let's let's integrate Andrew again into this. Andrew, let's let's get you to let's let's go to that minor league team you wanted to talk about. You want to do it this early? Oh yeah, yeah. Because I need you to get engaged. Because you were like, <laughs> I need to perk you right up. Just like when we get to the to WWE section, Charles just lights up like a freaking Christmas tree. Hey, I'm doing better. I'm I'm getting better at keeping my attention. I was asking questions. I was being. Uh, what's the word? Engaged. I was participating. All right. So, uh, as Andrew sets that up, so we are trying a new a new segment. Every every show, uh, there's tons of minor league teams 
out there for baseball, basketball, and hockey, and of course the dead at AAF, <laughs> and soon the XFL, which will be fun to cover as well. Although, just a quick side note, the XFL has really gotten themselves started well with TV partners. It's ESPN bringing along ABC and then Fox Sports, uh, which means Fox and then FS1, which nobody watches. But that's certainly a better deal than the AAF had, which was CBS for two games, their opening week, and never again. Everything else was relegated to... TNT or Bleacher Report Live. Anyway, um, so our uh, better know a minor league team this week is the Tulsa Drillers. Why did I choose the Tulsa Drillers? Uh, I mean, the XFL games will be on those channels. Exactly. Um, so Tulsa Drillers uh, chose them because... They are the team for my birthplace of Tulsa, Oklahoma. They were founded in 1977, uh, but as I'll get to a little bit later, they have a much longer history than that, or baseball in Tulsa. Uh, established 1977, they are a double-A team in the Texas League, and they are currently the double-A affiliate of Cesar's Los Angeles Dodgers. Although from 1977 until 2002, they were the Texas Rangers uh, minor league affiliate. And then from 03 to 2015, they were the Colorado Rockies. And that kind of, I lived there when they were a Rangers team. So they had the Rangers colors, uh, blue and red. Uh, I sent you a picture of it if you want to pull it up. Actually, yeah, I'll look for it right now. I have their official website on the page right now. They beat the, uh, I don't even know who this team is, the CCs. But... Oh, that's Corpus Christi. Okay, Corpus Christi beats Corpus Christi 6-1 to one today. So Fun fact, uh, Corpus and... Christi used to play, or they do play, I'm not sure if it's still named that, but in like yeah, the water. It's $2 Bowl. Tuesday out in the ballpark today. So, Gotta love minor league baseball. Uh... Yeah, I don't know what's causing that BU, but uh, I don't know. We're not exactly the most uh, technologically efficient crew here. Um, so anyway, getting back to it, Tulsa Drillers, um, they've won four championships in 1982. And, and actually, that, that stream is probably the stream because uh, the, they were having issues with the stream chat, the actual um, site that we use to, to stream ourselves. Oh, really? So it's their technical issues, not ours for once. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll take it. If it's not... Uh... If it's not our problem, then we'll 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 take it. So they've won four championships: 1982, 1988. 1988. All right, we're back right away. Like, literally, I was like, quick. Uh, okay. So uh, technical difficulties once again. Silence. So that one was our problem. Um, That's what I get for testing the stream gods. Exactly. Uh, so going back to it, I was discussing. Do they make a pill for that? <laughs> so going back to it, I was discussing my hometown Tulsa Drillers double A uh, minor league baseball team out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, I remember the 1990, they won a champ, a Texas league championship in 1998. And I remember being there for that. 
Uh, I was still living there at the time. And then they won this past season in 2018. So that was their first championship in two decades. So Tulsa was having quite a party uh, during that uh, last season when they won. So I just want to quickly, there is a veritable treasure trove of players that have gone through Tulsa, many of whom are either well-known Hall of Famers or would-be Hall of Famers except for certain, let's say, illegal substances that they may have taken. Um, so Troy Tulowitzki, uh, let's see, Matt Holliday, Dexter Fowler, Chris Iannetta, Gabe Kapler, Yvonne Rodriguez, Sammy Sosa, Nolan Arenado, and Cody Bellinger, among oh, others. That is a that is a an all star team right there. Absolutely. Uh, like I said, Pudge Rodriguez is a Hall of Famer. Troy Tulowitzki is probably a Hall of Famer. Maybe uh, he's borderline. I don't know. I don't think Troy Tulowitzki's got the he, the, the he clout was, to be his there. His first couple of seasons were yeah, brilliant. but I don't think he's had the he's had injuries. I don't think he's had the sustained yeah um, career that would get you into the Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. Something the Marlins announcer said they were saying like maybe Nick Markakis was a borderline mm-hmm. Hall of Famer, and I was like, and I asked my yeah. brother in law, and he's like, no, <laughs> no way. If Nick Markakis gets into the Hall of Fame, dear lord. <laughs> Um, Nolan Arenado, though, if he keeps this up, he's going to the Hall of Fame. No question. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Cody Bellinger, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and Corey Seager as well. Um, so, yeah, they've had a lot of great players come in. They would probably whoop any team. If you got those players in their primes, you'd whoop anybody. It's incredible. Uh, so what do I have next for them? Uh, damn near impossible to have all these guys in the hall since they have terrible rules for induction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the drillers play in One Oak Field, spelled one one O N E O K. It's the name of a natural gas company. Okay. Uh, but Makes for, sense for Oklahoma. Yes. One uh, OK Field. Kind of say. Well, that's it, the way it's spelled. Well, that's the way it's spelled, okay. all one word, but it's pronounced One Oak. Um, quite a beautiful stadium. Um, recently built, opened in 2010. It replaced their uh, ra- their rapidly aging Drillers Stadium, which I spent a lot of time at. Um, as I alluded to in a previous episode, my first baseball games were there at Drillers Stadium. So the stadium also hosts the Tulsa Roughnecks FC, which is a a tier two soccer team in the United States. That's the level below MLS. And then they also host the Bedlam Series, which is the annual matchup between the Oklahoma Sooners and the Oklahoma State Cowboys in college baseball. Uh, They shift the games around a little bit. Sometimes they'll play in Oklahoma City. Sometimes they'll play at their home stadiums, uh, but every year at least one game is played out in Tulsa. So capacity is 7,833, uh, uh, expandable to 9,000 for special events, 
but the highest uh, highest attendance was the 2010 Bedlam series. So that was the inaugural season for uh, One Oak Field. The attendance there was 9,417. So they beat the official capacity by over 1,000, nearly 2,000 actually. Uh, now some Tulsa baseball history, They starting back in 1939, there was the Amarillo Gold Sox. Um, they were there for a bit, uh, but then they, from 1939 to 1974, they moved to Lafayette, Louisiana to become the Lafayette Drillers. They were there from 75 to 76, and then Lafayette moved to Tulsa in 1977, kept the Drillers name, which makes sense because even more so than Louisiana, Oklahoma, in particular Tulsa, is the oil capital of the world. Okay, so they went from offshore drilling to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to to on-land drilling. Uh, you'll see uh, oil rigs, or I forget what the, the things that actually pump the oil from the ground. Right, right. Uh, those are all over the place in Tulsa. Um, and I'm not sure if you can pull it up, but there is literally a giant golden driller uh, in Tulsa that's kind of an iconic uh, statue there. These are the people that hate solar energy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then baseball in Tulsa has been played off and on since 1905, uh, but continuously since 1946 through various teams. But the longest uh, tenured, I believe, is Tulsa, or the Drillers. Okay. And then a little bit of fun fact here. I'll end it really quick. But Sports Center anchor John Anderson used to work in Tulsa for KOTV, which is the CBS affiliate there, uh, as their sports guy. And sometimes on uh, Sports Center, if a former driller is mentioned, he'll call them former driller Ivan Rodriguez or whatever. So it's it's cool how he kind of goes back to his roots every now and then. Uh, so yeah, that's my, that's the minor league team of the week. Uh, I had fun doing a little bit of research there. Um, but I'm hoping I can get back to Tulsa in a couple of years and see a game at the new stadium. And just to make a quick, um, a quick mention of the Kelly cup playoffs, because there's a Tulsa connection with that as well. That is correct. Uh, so we can just mention it real quick. Currently in the, where, where are we in the semifinals for the Kelly cup playoffs? We are in the equivalent of the conference semifinals. So for those of you who don't know, Kelly Cup playoffs are, let's say, the, the double A of, 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 uh, of hockey minor league systems. So you've got the NHL at the top tier. Mm-hmm. The AAA, quote-unquote, is called the AHL, the American Hockey League, and I'm going to get to them in a second. Um, and then one below that is the ECHL. So the Kelly Cup currently is, um, yeah, okay, so the Tulsa Connection, who's that? Who's, who's playing the, the Tulsa, what are the they called again? Tulsa Oilers. Oh, that makes sense. So you got the Oilers <laughs> and the Drillers. Um, and actually, f- Tulsa's former... Actually doing better than the Edmonton Oilers. That is true. <laughs> Although... Back when I lived there, their colors used to be orange and blue, uh, but they stopped that after two two or so years, probably because, I don't know, copyright reasons? Who knows? Um, E.G. S.P.H.L. 
Um, I would I would suggest I would say that SPHL is the lower Southern than the Professional Hockey League. Uh, aren't they more of a semi-pro league? They're they're still a pro league, but I think they're I think they're even a tier below the ECHL. Yeah, that's, that's I mean just, they just don't have it. There's no actual affiliation with any NHL teams after that. That's right. the thing. Because um, there used to be the CHL, but then they kind of kind of sort of merged with the ECHL. And that's where we're at right now. I'm not reading my. Uh, I'm not reading your messages in order. I don't know. I I missed one of your messages altogether. I mean, uh, I have here. I mean, and then any other random leagues you know may know of or outside that setup altogether. Exactly. No, that's no, that's what he means. No, I get you. After the okay, the NHL oh, and affi- then, and the then. NHL affiliations end after the ECHL, and then you've got whatever. And of course, NHL teams loan or kind of have to. Some arrangement with the KHL with their players, like the alone. There's like a whatever. tenuous relationship once you get to the SPHL, as BU mentioned. I mean, yeah, I guess you kind of have like unofficial uh, affiliations, uh, but ECHL is definitely the double A because then you still have affiliations. Right. Okay. Oh, so, so anyway, uh, we have the Newfoundland Growlers, right, facing off against the Florida Everblades. Oh, did the Newfoundland? Yeah, they're the uh, ones that, that went final. Uh, well, they're yeah, they're 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 off against yeah, they're going to face off against Florida. Okay, uh, so that's over in the Eastern Conference. Then over in the Western Conference, it's Cincinnati. I forget their name. The Cyclones. Cyclones. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And then my Tulsa Oilers are going to face off against Cincinnati in the Western Conference. And final. I, I was saying it would be funny if we had the Florida Everblades versus the Tulsa, which you could actually see the game. Yeah, that's Astero, true. That's even though true. they defeated uh, Florida, defeated Orlando. Yeah, uh, I would have had a tough time if Orlando had. Uh, unfortunately, they lost to Florida. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Travel in that Growler series. <laughs> that's true. They are so far away from everyone else. I mean, even just getting to the closest team would be Cincinnati. Because um, is it Manchester was the team they they faced? The Monarchs. Um. Who did Newfoundland beat? I, I forgot, but uh, well, actually, let's see. It's right here on the page. Uh, maybe BU will know. I I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they faced. Let's see, Newfoundland. Yeah, it was the yeah Manchester Monarchs. Where are they located? Uh, Manchester. I think that's in New York. And then Newfoundland's over on like the way east coast of Canada, right? Yes. Yes, it is. So yeah, Newfies is... are weird. As South yeah. Park would tell you. Oh, it's New Hampshire. Okay. Okay. So that's a mind. little bit better. But but still, still, yeah. But Newfies are weird, as the South Park would tell you. Exactly. <laughs> even Though even New Hampshire to Newfoundland is a super long hike. Oh, I can imagine. Um, and then just briefly in the AHL, since we're on the topic of minor league hockey, um, I don't know what the updates are uh, since I wrote all this up on Sunday. Uh, but Charlotte is up two over two zero over Hershey. Cleveland is up three. Or sorry, Toronto is up three zero against Cleveland in the Eastern Conference. Over in the West, it's two to one in favor of Chicago, and then San Diego is up against Bakersfield two to nothing. And here's what I wanted to mention: the same night that Portland and what is that other team? Uh, in NBA, Portland and the Nuggets. Thank you. 
the same night that they went to quadruple overtime, San Diego and Bakersfield also went to quadruple overtime. And mm. bear in mind, folks, unlike the NBA, where overtime periods are or overtime quarters are five minutes, in the in any sort of professional hockey, it is a full twenty minute period. So they played a whole nother game plus another four minutes twenty seconds. Dear Lord. Nice. Right okay, <laughs> right now the yeah, the Hershey Bears are one up one nothing right now in the second over the Charlotte Checkers and the Cleveland Monsters are <laughs> two nothing over the Toronto Marlies after the first period. Right. I, I should clarify, thanks to BU. And the the Marlies are the AHL affiliate of of course the Maple Leafs. Correct. And the Monsters are, well, the now uh, golfing Columbus Blue Jackets uh, minor <laughs> Which, league affiliate. And I guess we'll get to the and NHL Charlotte, a bit. the Checkers are the affiliate for the those bunch of jerks, the Carolina Hurricanes. And I forgot who Hershey is. I forgot who Hershey is. No, no, I, who they, I know who they are, but who they're affiliated with. I forgot who they are. Gosh darn it. Um, uh, not sure. it I mean, it's not the Bruins because that's Providence. Um well, I forgot for now. For now. So anyway, this game, uh, as I was mentioning, uh, that brought the series to two nothing, and I'm. Yeah, BU. No, the the Cleveland. They used to be called the Lake Erie Monsters. Right. And then they they finally just ended it to Cleveland Monsters because they were trying to tie everything together Sorry, with the Charles. Cleveland Cavaliers, and um, and so now they have the same colors as the Cavs and all that stuff. Right. And I guess the whole Cleveland pride after LeBron won their championship, which that same season the Monsters won the Calder Cup in oh, 2016. Good point. Yeah, so there was two champions in in that building in the Quicken Loans Arena. The Lake Erie Mon- uh, Hershey is affiliated to Washington. Thank okay, you, so BU. the Capitals. All right. Now I remember. Yeah, thanks, BU. You you always uh, come through in the clutch for us. You're like an un- you're the unofficial sixth. Uh, right. Sixth sports goof. Right. Um, so that that crazy quadruple overtime game, I actually stayed up for the end of it when it ended around 3 a.m. Eastern. Um, so midnight their time since they're out on the West Coast. Uh, it went to it entered the fourth overtime. Uh, um, Max Comtois was the game scored the game winning goal. It was his first playoff goal in his first playoff game with San Diego. Nice, and he had played. And they're facing off against Bakersfield. No, no, wait. That Bakersfield. Was, yeah, the, the Condors, our our favorite bird. Yes, <laughs> and um, on the bird, on the bird relation, I guess San Diego or the Gulls. And they are the affiliate of the Anaheim Ducks, right? And the Condors are the Edmonton Oilers, I think. Yeah, because they have the same colors. And if you look, if you look it up, uh, go ahead and look it up. But uh, anyone, but San Diego's uh, jerseys look quite similar to Anaheim's. It's just a different color scheme, but it's essentially the same template. Right. So this Mr. Comtois, he played in the NHL earlier this season. He scored a goal in his first two games. So... Who knows if he'll come back? He's played about 10 games in the NHL, NHL earlier uh, in the 2018-2019 season and then was uh, optioned to San Diego for the playoffs. What time are we at? We have... Uh, 
Okay, so I mean, we are at 7:57, so we're almost halfway to our our shows uh, running, even with the the, the technical difficulties. Right. I mean, if that's all you got to say about the Calder, because we won't get to the NHL playoffs at this point before the half. Right. Um, uh, is there anything we can do to kill the next two minutes? The or next so? two minutes? I mean, there's the player we can remember to forget because uh, he's not really that notable, to be honest. So, Who do uh, we have? Uh, I have here Chucky Atkins. Who the hell is that? Exactly. <laughs> and that's why. That is why we have this segment because we need to remember these guys because if we don't, it'll be like in, uh, was it, was that movie, the Disney movie, Coco? <laughs> remember me. Exactly. If we stop, they're, they're just going to disappear and not exist anymore. So we have <laughs> to remember these players or else they just, you know, just fall away from memory. Nobody will remember him, not even the internet. So, Chucky Atkins. NBA player, former NBA player. He went undrafted. He played college at uh, your, uh, well, your hated USF for the uh, University of South Florida. He is from Orlando, Florida. He played, and uh, let, me get him, let me get him on the screen here just so we can actually have a, if Wikipedia even has a face to the name. If not, we'll have to do basketball reference real quick. If this thing, ah, there he is. Then with the Denver Nuggets. Kenneth LaVon, Chucky Atkins. I don't know how that translates to Chucky, but sure. Because, um, you know, of all people. I mean, has, you, know, you would think he would have a Charles name, you know. But still. Has anyone ever called you Chucky, Charles? Uh, I, I, no one left alive to call me Chucky. <laughs> Nobody called you Chucky Finster. All right. Uh, I would totally if he if he had red head, uh, red hair. I would totally call him. Oh, that would have been a horrible childhood. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So, anyways, Chucky Atkins played for the Orlando Magic uh, to start out his career. He was traded to the Detroit Pistons along with Ben Wallace for Grant Hill. I'm sure the Magic don't regret that trade whatsoever. Uh, he was traded away in 2003-04 to Boston, meaning he did not stay with the Pistons for their finals run against the Lakers, where the Pistons uh, were just a bunch of dudes who beat the Lakers in 2004. Great team, Tayshawn and all those guys out there. Uh, Tayshawn, Rashid, freaking Ben Wallace, Rip Hamilton, and, uh, of course, Chauncey. Uh, he played for the Boston Celtics. Then the lost. Then he just moved around year by year to the to to the Celtics, then the Lakers, then the Wizards, then the Grizzlies, then the Nuggets, then the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was traded to them uh, mid-season, and then finally ending his career in Detroit. He coached his uh, alum high school team for two seasons. Where did he go to high school? I have no idea, but he got two DOIs and was fired promptly afterwards. Oops, so. Uh, his career stats, 696 games, 9.9 points per game, 1.7 rebounds per game, 3.4 assists per game, 77% free throw percentage, 41 from the field, and 36.4 three-point percentage. Not the most remarkable career ever, but you know we still have to remember him or else he will be lost to time. I just want to know, how did you come up with him of all people? I went on Basketball Reference and I clicked on the first picture that was there. <laughs> that's kind of like the um, the what is that? 
what is that option on Google? Well, on Wikipedia, like they have like the random article thing. You can just click that. It's right, right there on the screen too. Google has like. A, Speaking like, of, let me see what uh, happens if I do that. Let's what go, is that option like? Let's go down this rabbit. Oh, uh, uh, I, I feel make I feel lucky or something. I like feel that. lucky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is kind of like I feel lucky. Speaking of, I'm gonna click on this random article thing on Wikipedia. I get Jungle Tales it was an American comic book title published by Atlas Comics by the 1950s <laughs> predecessor to Marvel Comics. Okay, so uh, uh, it. It was an anthology title of stories set in an African jungle. But we won't get to that. We're already halfway through. We're just going to get to our non-sponsors right from here. So, uh, and it's actually still on screen. <laughs> it's still on screen. But, okay, we're at the, the, the halfway point of our show where we love to talk about uh, people, products, places, things, concepts, what have you, that we enjoy from the past week. And uh, guys, I don't know who wants to start today. I guess I'll start. All right, Andrew, what you got? My non-sponsor of the week is Contigo. Okay, I see it right here, actually. Exactly. Um, Contigo is a manufacturer of travel mugs, water bottles, and pretty much anything um, that's related to beverage containment. Um, I got my first Contigo bottles. They're, um, they're kind of like vacuum sealed, sort of. They keep water cold for up to 24 hours. Um, I I forget, but I really like them because unlike, uh, like your typical water bottles, I'm not talking Camelbacks or whatever where you just open the flap and then there's no control of water uh you have it's either open or not um this one has a little push tab on the back as well as a double seal lid so the push button on the on the back basically opens a slit in the or opens the lip of the bottle a little bit and as i'm demonstrating to francisco right now so it, it's very convenient. Um, it keeps, like I said, it keeps the water very cold, which is nice, and it's very easy to carry. It has a nice little uh, carrying handle there. I really enjoy it. Uh, I got my first ones a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, they got misplaced and/or lost for various reasons. But I recently got another pair. And I bring it. I bring it everywhere with me because it's a nice way to kind of keep water with me, so I'm never thirsty, and keeps the water nice and uh, nice and cold, which is very nice. Unlike most water bottles I've had before, where all the heat, uh, all of the heat energy goes to the outside of the bottle, and the water gets warm. Here, the outside keeps relatively warm and all the heat energy is kept inside so the water is nice and cold uh so yeah contigo water bottles highly recommend them my promo code for the week is icy cold water all right okay so um i guess i'll go next if you guys don't mind absolutely uh my non-sponsor is the internet Uh, and i'm talking about the internet in 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 the in in the context of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Let's take you down the rabbit hole of Sonic the Hedgehog. 
I have been a Sonic fan since his inception, 1991, since I got a Sega Genesis for Christmas of 1991. Is he really that young, only 91? Yes. I thought he was made in the 80s for some reason. No, he was not. So, 1991, Sonic the Hedgehog. I've been a massive fan since then. I love the blue blur. He is a part of me. And he has this Hollywood film finally being made after so many years. You would think it would have happened in the 90s, but it didn't. And But it's happening now. And if any of you have seen it, it's on screen right here. The, the horror that is Sonic the Hedgehog, his character model for the movie, just everything about it is awful. Yeah, from the cinematography to the acting to the music, everything about it is awful. The uh, it was uh, the producers of the Fast and the Furious. Surprisingly, they wanted to go with realism with the look of Sonic. Uh, I'm surprised because if anybody's seen a Fast and Furious film, there is no realism to be found whatsoever. Especially if you look at the Cinema Sins breakdown of each and every movie, which I have. Their laws of physics and realism go out the window when it comes to the Fast and Furious. Uh, so I don't know why they went with that when you're talking about a cartoon hedgehog that can run at the speed of sound. Um, the best part of the movie is Jim Carrey, even though he didn't gain 200 pounds just to play the role of Dr. Eggman. I'm surprised he should have done that. I mean, or at least they could have put him in a fat suit like he was with the Grinch. But regardless, he's probably the best part of the movie so far because we're going to get we're going to get peak 90s Jim Carrey, which I think we all kind of miss. OK, yeah, I, I agree. OK, but either way. I'm thinking the internet because the reaction to the look of Sonic the Hedgehog was so hated that it has forced the director of the film to make them all go back to the drawing board and fix Sonic's look before the movie releases in November. Okay? Now, I, I, I already texted with Charles about it. He said that they're probably not going to change much, but at least they're going to change something because Sonic looks awful. He looks creepy. Huh? They shouldn't change it. They, you we think we do as an after segment? Okay. Well, I think any look is better than what they've got. Sonic looks like a creepy doll. He doesn't look real. Like he doesn't look like he's part like the Detective Pikachu movie. The Pokemon look great. They look like they they're actually part of the the world there. Sonic. I mean, there's some scenes where it looks like they're they, he literally is like. Um, Someone photoshopped him in, which they did, obviously. They, they, I don't know, Adobe premiered him in or whatever. He just looks, does not look like he's part of the world. And even then, he is terrifying to look at. <laughs> he's not cute like classic Sonic. He doesn't look cool in any way like classic or modern Sonic. He just looks creepy. And I thank the internet for, for the reaction. There's some concept art already. Um, there's one actually right here of somebody with a screenshot here of fan art that actually looks a lot better than what they these Hollywood these Hollywood folks with all the money in the world that they've got all the time all they had to do was come to me any Sonic fan and be like does this look right to you guys and we'd have been vehemently said no the fact that they didn't go to anybody the people from Pokemon went to Nintendo went to the Pokemon company and were like yo I mean is this good and Nintendo's after the Super Mario Brothers debacle they're very, uh, very uh, protective of their property, and Sega just kind of whores Sonic out to the highest bidder. So, 
uh, being transgender in some upcoming thing. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Sonic. Uh, Sega has completely lost everything, and uh, I think Sega actually really wanted them to change it too after the reaction because this is really one of their few bread and butter franchises outside of like Yakuza and Hatsune Miku or whatever, and they really need it. So promo code, um, a human teeth. I guess I'm up, and I find that this is actually the most relatable from what both Andrew brought up and Francisco brought up, because I have a conference in Orlando that I got to be there for basically three days. Ooh. I don't like conferences. I'm bored out of my mind. I can't go into disclaimer or what it is for the fact that I like my paycheck, but the thing is, you go to these hotels, and I don't care how exotic they are and how great, and the fact that it's expensive and whatnot, I like to just kind of go to work go home, go to the gym, and go to sleep. So I'm going to be out of my element. Have me be occupied because I don't really watch television. So I could read a book. But my eyes are reading meaningless cases and all this other stuff. So my non-sponsor of the week is Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Going around, I'm going to be continuing my endeavor of you know, trying to catch every single Pokemon because I am currently playing uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Very relaxing. Very simple, had some of the intricate nature of Pokemon Yellow, and then some of the Let's Go, not as challenging, but when you come home from a day of work and you need to distress and you can't do other things with stress because you're a good person, um, such as, which we go into detail, you go and try to catch as many, you try to use your balls, basically, and catch uh, as many Pokemon oh. as you can. Um, so Nintendo Switch, for those who are on the basically works well as a portable home station, it's one of those things where I can bring to the hotel, and if they didn't block out the HDMI cable, which I had one hotel do that in the past, and the, the bastards for it, yeah. uh, I stuck it in play on the big screen. But if I can't, I could just take it on the portable with my charger pack and just play it from there. If I don't play that, I play Crash Bandicoot uh, in the same trilogy, which I'm looking forward to. Or maybe get down some Smash with some internet, but not getting some Sonic stuff. Granted, I do have a Sonic game. Maybe I'll, I'll play a Sonic for. Uh, for Francisco's sake. And I, you know, I might have him mm. do on uh, my Smash Brothers ball at Sonic beat up some Pikachu because we're going to do a pseudo second non sponsor. This week is Detective Pikachu coming out okay. May 10th. I yeah. reviews are good. Um, I'm going to get a little chuckle out of it. I, I am a grown man. I am nearing 30 soon. And I will pay full price to see that movie just because it's more genuine compared to other movies that come out that they're trying to play on my nostalgia. This one's playing my nostalgia in the right way, unlike two movies coming out of the summer, such as Aladdin and uh, The Lion King, which offered nothing of substance for me. I wouldn't mm. go if I was free and I had that off. Whereas something about Ryan Reynolds trying to solve crimes helps me out. And maybe one day we'll be able to stream those movies on our Nintendo Switch if they ever decide to get video streaming platform mm -hmm. services on them, such as Netflix. So basically my sponsor of the week or non-sponsor week is Nintendo Switch, which you can play some Sonic games and go on the travel, and maybe one day we'll watch Detective Pikachu on there. Promo code uh, Miyamoto. Okay. All right. I can respect the Miyamoto promo code. All right, guys. So that is our, uh, our non-sponsors for the week. Uh, all right. So... Let's let's move on to our, our next topic. Let's talk some baseball while we're at it. Uh, baseball does happen every day. <laughs> and uh, uh, even though there, we're still, you know, early May, uh, but things are happening. Uh, there's some 
really horrible things happening to the Marlins, but I can get to that later. Let's just start with our players of the week. Andrew, do you, do you know who they are this week? Or actually, I was the one who looked them up this week, so I guess I'll I'll talk Go about ahead. them real quick. So we've got Jake Odorizzi, starting pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. His stats for this week, he went 2-0, a 0 ERA, 13 innings pitched, 15 strikeouts, 5 walks, and an opponent batting average of 136. So a good week for uh, Jake Odorizzi. And then uh, for the National League, on the other side, you have another starting pitcher, New York Mets, Noah Syndergaard, uh, good old Thor out there. So Thor is having a great, great week. Uh, 1-0, 0 ERA, a complete game shutout, 10 strikeouts, 1 walk, and an opponent batting average of 133. So, any comments on these guys? Of course, Noah Syndergaard, right? Good pitcher. Must be nice to have good pitching. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not much to say. These guys just had great, great great weeks i mean one start for the other guy and two starts for the for well, for the other one i mean what can you say not really i mean they're they're starting pitchers no no real sexy batting actually there was sexy batting that happened yesterday yes pablo sandoval i'll tell you why the giants are getting destroyed by the cincinnati reds out in cincinnati but pablo sandoval, sandoval had himself a day he hit a home run he stole a base. Now that's a that's a you know thing in and of itself for Pablo Sandoval, and he pitched a scoreless inning. Just for, th- this is historic. This is the the man who who who, who destroyed a belt with a swing. <laughs> just to give me some <laughs> out context, in Boston. Just to give everyone some context here, the last time that that this has been done was May 23rd, 1905. So it's been almost 110 years. No, 109 years since this last happened. The pitcher to do that was Christy Mathewson, who is that is a Hall of yeah, Fame. Exactly. He was, he was inaugural class right. of the Hall of Fame. The dude was a stud. So the And he pitched nine scoreless innings in that one. So a, a bit more. That was back when Pitcher, pitchers, both in the American League and National League, yeah. Right, and uh, <laughs> I think Prince Fielder attempting to steal is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, know. I don't know. David Ortiz is pretty fun as well. Any large dude mm-hmm. is just great to see steal a base. Um, although ESPN noted that uh, someone did this in the Federal League, Chief Johnson did this in 1915 but the federal league is a a lower tier pro league compared to the american and national leagues so yeah that's crazy that he was able to do that not just because no one has done it since uh 1905 but it was pablo sandoval okay and then a, a nice rundown of the standings the philadelphia phillies are leading the nl east one and a half games over the braves three and a half over the mets Five over the Nationals, and the Marlins, surprisingly, are still nine games back. So I have no idea how that's happening. The St. Louis Cardinals have uh, just eked out a half-game lead over the Chicago Cubs. One over the Milwaukee Brewers. I almost said the Bucks. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates are three games back, and the Reds are six games back. 
In the West, for the NL, the LA Dodgers are leading over two games over the Diamondbacks, two and a half over the Padres, six over the Rockies, and seven over the Giants. In the American League, the Rays, best team in baseball, two games ahead of the, the New York Yankees, who are on a two-game win streak as well. The Boston Red Sox are six games back, and I'm sure Charles and Andrew are very happy about that. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, seven and a half back. The Baltimore Orioles, nine and a half back. The Minnesota Twins lead the AL Central, three games over the Indians, five over the Tigers, six over the White Sox. And the second worst team in baseball, the team that is trying to out-tank the Marlins, and I just won't have that happen, the Kansas City Royals, <laughs> ten and a half games back. And Our then, friend Kelly is probably not happy. Yeah, whatever. Enjoy the tank. I'm enjoying the tank. Uh, <laughs> the Houston Astros uh, are three games up on the Mariners, three and a half over the Rangers. The LA Angels, who are really, they have to start, they're five and a half games back, and they're, I, gosh, Mike Trout, you're never going to win a championship, are you? And <laughs> the Oakland A's, six and a half games back. So we'll see if they'll money ball their way out of this slump uh, at some point in the season. And that's, yeah, that's the standing so far. What do you guys think? Any any thoughts on your teams or whatever? Just doing good? Doing all right? Speaking of it, Andrew and I actually have a series this weekend that matters. Uh, mm. Yeah, I, I mean, because for, for side note, I don't believe in rivalries in sports. The paying me strong. I will take a losing season or missing out playoffs if I know the Red Sox can do it too. So it even keel. I mean, but Tampa and New York kind of seem like the class of, you know, the I will say the class of the AL. I won't say for the entire MLB, but they're doing something very similar. They're mm-hmm. relying on a great farm system that they had to develop for Tampa. It's basically having outstanding pitching. Not not right. good, not great, outstanding pitching. That's without a what was it, Alex Cobb who left last year, or am I thinking of the other pitcher? Ray Archer. The Ar- Chris Archer. Chris Archer. Chris Archer. Out in Pittsburgh now. And for Pittsburgh now, probably not doing anything. Uh, and then for it's more or less about relying on the uh like base. We don't buy, we multiply. Uh so we just kind of move for those who don't know, make me feel um <laughs> we got so we know we come up, we smell like Gurgula. Keep most of you can his name with a couple of guys that we brought in and you know Dan Lemayu and a few other ones there. So let's get to see arm system and also just the free agents that were moderately priced. You know because we could have panicked aside the guy I think we should still sign Dallas Keiko, but there's some backstory of why he's not getting signed according to ESPN MLB. We'll divert to that for another day or maybe later. Um, so it's good for us. Aside from that, I'm just kind of interested in. Um, Philadelphia, because how Philadelphia and the fans are realizing that Bryce Harper is going to hit the annual slump fest because he's not doing so hot now. Um, and this is what you sign up for for any guy that you sign a multi-decade deal. We'll call it now because in just a couple of years will be 15-year deal, 20-year deal. Um, that they're going to have bad, bad summer play or a bad month or a couple bad months or bad batting starts because I think he was like. He started off a little bit more of a tour and now, now that no one yeah. fans are on their shoulder. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, we're, they're with, they're leading their division for now, but the NL, the NL East is kind of all jumbled up for now until we'll see what happens. I mean, nobody's really good 
Like nobody's like been really, really good so far in the NLE. So it's still a toss up as to who's going to come out on top. Even the Nationals are in it. Um, my team is not the Marlins. Uh, great hit piece I by Ken Rosenthal. Ken, okay, so uh, this is. <laughs> okay, so um, look. I actually posed this question to the guys at Fish Stripes, uh, my former SB Nation mates. Um, Wait, you work for Fish Stripes? As no, well? no, no, no. But oh, I posted a few things for them once in a while. But, um, but for those who don't know, Fish Stripes is the Marlins SB Nation blog. Right, and I was on the Panthers SB Nation blog. But um, there was some crossover a little bit that I tried to do with like uniforms and stuff like that. Anyways, um, uh, I kind of posted to them like. Uh, to, to one of their writers, uh, I think their their head writer. Um, w- do you prefer the way the Marlins are treated right now, where there's just so much vitriol and hate? Because at the very least, that that signifies that people care about the Marlins, whereas before it was just genuine genuine indifference. Where so, I actually think it's better this way. Hey, people are actually paying attention to the Marlins, not for the right reasons, but they are paying attention. Anyways, Ken Rosenthal, who uh, Fox Sports commentator, and of course he writes for The Athletic, came out with a, a just, gosh darn it, man, this, this, and I'm, I'm going to post it here, uh, here it is, is his Twitter post about it. Um, Derek Jeter's right-hand man, as far as the, the minor league system is concerned, his head of scouting, Gary Dembo, who Jeter um, uh, plucked from the New York Yankees, um, he's also considered one of the guys to help reshape the Yankees farm system. He's trying to do it again. Okay. We are back again. Sorry, guys. The internet went out on us. That's fine. Anyways, Gary Denbo is the right-hand man for Derek Jeter. There was an issue with the uh, minor league affiliate, the Greensboro Grasshoppers. Uh, the Greensboro Grasshoppers are a very successful minor league team on Greensboro, North Carolina. They have uh, this thing called bat dogs. Instead of bat boys, they have dogs that go out and grab the bats from the players after they hit or whatever. Which are the best things ever. So um, that's not the big deal here. That was, you know, minor league teams do all kinds of crazy stuff. The issue Gary Debo had when he visited Greensboro was um, the, the bat dogs were actually being kept and taken care of in the clubhouse along with the players. Now, you know me, I mean, I love dogs, and I'm sure uh, Andrew loves dogs, and I'm, I'm sure Charles, you love dogs too, and I'm sure a lot of people love dogs. Um, Gary Dembo didn't seem like he loved dogs when he went on this profanity laced tirade about keeping the players with the dogs. Um, it got the the owner of the Greensboro Grasshoppers got word of this, came down to Gary Dembo, was livid both sides, uh, and wanted to end the affiliation with the Marlins right there and then. Derek Jeter and the Marlins tried to fix it, couldn't be fixed. The Marlins' new minor league affiliate are the Clinton Lumberjacks, uh, or Lumber Kings, the Lumber Lords. I forgot what they're called, but either way. He's a definitely a Donald Sterling fan. Uh, anyways, uh, big hit piece. A lot of people just saying that this guy is just uh, creating enemies all over the place. And, uh, you know, people are angry at the Marlins. We used to have Luis Castillo and uh, Domingo and all these other guys who are with the Yankees and whoever right now and the, and the Reds. 
those were the all these great pitching prospects. That wasn't Derek Jeter's fault, though. That was Jeffrey Loria trying to get Fernando Rodney to become a closer for us, and all that all that jazz years ago trying to win with whatever we had. Um, it's awful right now with the Marlins, and it's going to be for a few years. So that's all I got to say about that. I could keep going, but I just won't. But hey, the good news is that means ticket price is going to be in the toilet, which is good for us. <laughs> they also fired their their president of business operations just this week as well. Already? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's not wow. been a great week for the Marlins. They are the worst team in baseball, and all this stuff is coming out. But hey, at least people care. Yay! Yay! Okay. Yay. All right. Let's get something a little. Uh, 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 yeah, let's get to something a little more cheery. That's our baseball talk. All right, Charles. Let's head on out to the cage. Yeah. Oh yeah. What you got, dude? Uh, there were some some people were complaining a lot about Raw last night on Twitter, as I saw. Right. The first thing is I preface every segment of the cage is this. Wrestling is not fake. It is a scripted soap opera. It is manly men and womanly women who are sometimes manly men doing the dances and art. It is it is basically, you know, the Picasso of wrestling. The problem is we have too many painters in the field, especially this time of the year. You know, one of the things, and we'll go to the WWE segment here, before, because as you know, I'm going to educate you a little bit on the different affiliations, different brands, but with the World Wrestling Entertainment, Vince McMahon being too concerned with the XFL, he's forgetting about his brand product. There's a lot of problems going out there. You know, Raw is streamed on by Universal, so USA. SmackDown will soon be going to Fox. It's a little bit of a conundrum. It's like having a girlfriend and a side chick, or from sides like having a main man and a side boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So one of the things that everybody needs to understand for Raw and SmackDown is a separate brand. You know, there was a roster with this side that had these amount of people on Raw, and then there was on SmackDown these are the people. But ratings have been low. Now you might ask Charles, why is the rating low? I thought there was a bunch of hillbillies with their sister wives that love wrestling. You're absolutely right. We do. We do. Do something and. He forgets to realize something that wrestling, as great as it is, as great escapism and entertainment as it can be, is never really going to top two sports playoffs going on. Hell, I don't know if it could top the Bachelor season finale, which is some hot stuff right there, or Dancing with the Stars. But, you know, you got the NBA Finals. Raw is a three-hour segment. That's two NBA games from the East Coast and West Coast going on. And for those who like hockey, guess what happens? Same thing. East and West finals, guys. You know, there's we got we got game sevens going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got game sevens going on. And the problem is, is that you got Vince going there. Hold on, I'm reading Mr. B.U.'s comment. These questions even need to be asked as valence about how there should be probably low expectations from Vince McMahon's side projects. I agree, but we'll touch upon that in a moment. So Raw is in a bad spot because we had WrestleMania, one of the best WrestleManias I've seen in early April. Well, the problem is when you have these on pay-per-views is you push them out a little bit. Money in the Bank, the next pay-per-view, which is usually a fun event, is set for May 19th. You have six weeks of story that you have to tell, and it's getting stacked. It's getting bad because now we realize as viewers that, hey, six weeks of content doesn't really you know help us because it's not – injecting with anything new and you're going to be continuing some storylines which they already kind of do and they're having a Shane McMahon and Misery match going on which was a fun match from Wrestlemania but when you have such a long gap from pay-per-view to pay-per-view 
you know, the first three, four weeks don't really matter. They had a superstar shake up where some guys are going here, some guys are going there, and they never really created new fallouts. So for both Raw and SmackDown, the viewership was kind of hitting a new low. So Vince is panicking. So last night on Raw, Vince did something that he always does when he hits panic mode. And it's kind of like how I get when I get very drunk, I call, I do the next thing, I text some asses. Vince put some stuff on TV because he thinks he's the solution that, you know, some people want to see an 80-year-old geriatric man with steroids in his body that he can fix the problem. So I told you guys, there was a brand exclusivity going on with certain people in the roster. Well, Vince, last night in his craziness, introduces the wild card rule. So basically... Because I didn't understand it. I can study quantum physics and understand it more than what Vince meant by the wild card rule. But what he's doing is he's going to take talent from Raw, three to four people, and put them on SmackDown. And he's going to take talent from SmackDown, put it on Raw, because, you know, this is supposed to help. There is such a thing as too much of a good thing. Roman Reigns is a nice guy. I like him. But I don't care to see Roman Reigns on both my Raw and my SmackDown with weird storylines, especially he's going to be continuing. You got my chocolate and my peanut butter. Exactly. You got peanut butter and my chocolate. Same thing with (laughs) Kofi Kingston. Go from there for two reasons. One, it's oversaturation of individuals who maybe are going to be hurt from the overexposure. Two, you're not rotating this ginormous roster, which is too big to handle as it is, that's what she said. Um, to really kind of utilize, and I said that was big face, to utilize to give everybody their chance to go from there is an issue. You know, it, I like the idea, in theory, of the wild card rule for one simple reason. It's how you compensate for injuries, because people get injured in wrestling. It might be fake, but the injuries aren't. Or it might be script, but the injuries aren't. And it might help you when you've done this exclusive brand shakeup and you're lacking certain things. Like the SmackDown tag team division is just piss poor. There's only real teams there. And one of them, the champions got injured, the Hardy Boys. So Jeff Hardy got injured, so they had to just vacate the title. So you can use something like this for a Raw tag team to buy for the SmackDown belt. It helps. But then the Megalomania is going to hey, Let's do this, work with it. Let's put these guys that the crowd is kind of lukewarm, or I'm lukewarm on, but I think the people are going to like it. Um, I'm just waiting for Vince to retire. And when I mean retire, I mean get the old, old yellow treatment where Triple H comes in and says, hey, Vince, you did good, but my time is now. And then just like bury him, it'd be fantastic. Uh, But Vince has, I think, some things to be happy about because the XFL has recently helped him kind of supplement whatever kind of. I guess, how do I want to say this, income that the low ratings might be affecting. Which so might affect the it would probably be best for him to go out, hey, you know, I'll let go of the reins of the WWE and I'll focus all my attention on the XFL and just move That's on to that. That's what I'm hoping, you know, because Triple H has done a beauty with NXT, which is kind of like the G League of Wrestling. Um, for the WWE, but you're creating simple and pure storylines, and they do it where they don't get a monthly pay-per-view. They get six pay-per-views out of the year, which is in stark contrast to what they're doing in the main roster stuff. But Vince is losing my plus. I think Vince is, lose, is getting a little bit scared because All Elite Wrestling, headlined by Cody Rhodes and you know the Khan family, uh, they're starting to get momentum. Their former wrestler, Dean Ambrose, who we talked about on the show, released a promo on Twitter going back to his original indie name as John Moxley, which would be good. There's some symbolism that he's breaking out of the cage, breaking out of jail. 
an example, breaking out of WWE to go do big things. And there's a rumor that he's probably going to go to AEW, find a lot of money, and be the headline. If you were with other guys who were the faces of other promotions, such as Kenny Omega in New Japan, the Young Bucks, who are the face of New Japan Tag Team Wrestling and Ring of Honor, vice versa. So, you know, maybe it's special for Vince dealing with, you know, these executives on these broadcast networks, other than him with Fox Universal, pressure of competition, maybe he's a little senile, maybe, probably is. Um, you're hoping that he can clear up. The problem is this is the annual panic because the reality is that wrestling should really win it, beat out NBA ratings and neither should it beat out hockey. Um, it, this will all be fine come June and July. You're still getting a low viewership, but you're still getting viewers. It's not like shows that are good and we want to keep them on TV and they get canceled despite the fact that they won all the Emmy Awards that they can get. You know, looking at you, community. Um, Six seasons in a movie. I'm still waiting for the movie. movie. Uh, No, no, no. After what happened to Arrested Development, I don't know about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we can at least get one. Yeah, the final season on Yahoo wasn't terrible. It was just different because of the black cast of characters. Yeah, are, yeah, it was. It was kind of weird, but but still, I don't like. I don't. After so many years now, I just I don't want to see because the rest of the development is just awful right now. Yeah, very bad. Um, but at least one thing is coming good out of this, and I'll end on this note uh, with the, my weekly triplex as my finisher. The Firefly Funhouse with Bray Wyatt is still fantastic because on this recent episode, he had Rambling Rabbit get killed by the buzzard, and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> like, if, if, if you guys just want to see the kooky of wrestling that I love, watch the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, so Bray hasn't even come back to wrestle at all. But he's going in there, like, what do you eat it, Bray? The buzzard, he's like, nothing. And it comes out, it's Rambling Rabbit. I'm just like, oh my God, this is terrible. And at the very end of it, there's like little children staring off like ghosts as if uh, Pennywise has taken over. And Bray's got his whole thing. He's like, now remember, children, you can do all this stuff if you let me in. Like a cult leader, I'm like, what are you going to do to those kids, Bray? Are you going to finish You did it. I'll buy five shirts. I'll get to all the guys at sports groups to convert them to. You know, that, that is awesome. there is, remember, guys. Poop covered in gold is still poop, but it's still covered in gold. And right now, <laughs> gold. Oh boy, <laughs> it's the the shining grace right now for for the for wrestling at this point. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, so that is the cage with Charles. Thank you, Charles, for uh, once again a wonderful romp through the world of wrestling. Oh gosh. All right, let's get Jeter and his boy out of the way. Okay. Uh, we haven't touched the Stanley Cup playoffs, Andrew. Right now, the oh, the St. Louis Blues are up one nothing on the Stars, six thirteen in the first period. And I guess uh, for NBA stuff, let's before we get to move on, the you have the Sixers and the Raptors about to end the first quarter. Raptors are up by three, twenty-seven as of right now. And of course, baseball is going on. Anyways. Uh, so Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's start with the series that has ended right now. The the uh, we'll, we'll start with Boston and Columbus. Uh, unfortunately, the Bruins have won, have moved on to the Eastern Conference Final, and defeated the Columbus Blue Jackets in six. But uh, I saw some of Game Six, and there was a, a controversial call that I did not like um, with regards to McAvoy of the Boston Bruins. Um, just 
Uh, well, let me see if I can find it here on uh, on 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 Twitter, and before before anything else, but I'll probably find a, a GIF of it. But the Bruins beat the. I mean, they they got through they got through Bobowski and and Blue Jackets have really nothing to be ashamed of. They played a good oh, series. Um, this is the first time in franchise history they moved on to the second round, so they've they've improved and gone further. But there's the overarching storyline that Bobrovsky and uh, Artemi Panarin are going to be headed out the door and have uh, their tickets set for Fort Lauderdale, maybe. <laughs> That's the rumor, at least. And I'm hoping that at least Panarin comes comes to Florida, even though we do need goaltending. But I don't know if... I don't know if I really want Bobrovsky down here, to be honest. I'd rather we maybe search for somebody else or try and develop our own goaltender. But we don't have much time. We have to get somebody down here with Coach Q here. Anyways, uh, but that's an aside. The Jackets, uh, good season. But the Boston Bruins, I mean, they've, gosh, they found a way, man. People thought they were done. And... (laughs) <laughs> with an elbow yeah that one is okay so people are trying to defend the, the hit that um McAvoy did and they're they're showing an example here of uh of Bacchus getting hit in the head with an elbow and that only got two but I mean that was that's that's an elbow thrown this guy didn't leave his skates and still I mean gosh like so I will see it here well, let but me get my he, shots in first. He, okay, go head. go ahead, man. But he left his skates. It's just what I, I, I just don't like about it. And I don't know. It, it may be because it's Boston and I, I have this this hate right now for all of their teams at this point because of the success. And really, they, they can't have another parade. And I'm hoping the Milwaukee Bucks just absolutely destroy the, the mm-hmm. Celtics in Milwaukee just to make me feel a little bit better. <laughs> Sorry, BU, if we're out there. But, you know, <laughs> if, if you're a fan of the Bruins. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If yeah, what are. is his NHL affiliation? I know, of course, he's Boston University, but for well, for, for we'll, college we'll hockey, to find out. A- anyways, uh, did so get... let me get my two cents in here really quick. Oh, and yeah, I... yeah, of course, he got a game suspension. Uh, I want the Bucks to destroy the seas. <laughs> okay. Um, um, so I... this way, everyone will pay attention to the bees. Mm-hmm. Um, just not Toronto, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, so now, who just, really likes the Leafs, really? <laughs> let me just start. So you are a Boston fan, BU. I'm, I'm guessing if you want people to pay attention to the to the Bruins, um, I'm just gonna get this off my chest. Brad Marchand is one of the dirtiest players in the National Hockey League, and he is a Bruins fan. He is. He is, but he's actually an outstanding individual, upstanding individual off the ice. Which to be is honest. so weird. But you just see time and time again these plays that he, hashtag Team Marchand. You you see these plays all like at least like once a week, especially in the playoffs, where he, he's just a pest. He 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 is. He's a dirty player. Like last season, he had to get reprimanded, or not even reprimanded. He had to get. Uh, that's true. <laughs> he had to get a talking to by the NHL. Them saying, "Look, you got to stop licking people." <laughs> I remember that. 
he did that during the the Tampa series. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's just that's just pest. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's pest. Uh, I've never heard of anyone licking somebody. Um, who boy. Um, that's just really random and weird and definitely a good way to get under somebody's skin. But some of the stuff that he does, like, for example, he tried to break someone's stick, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets um, stick. He stepped on the blade. Um, it didn't break, though, but there was a protest from the player saying, look, he stepped on my stick. But something that really bothered me was after a stoppage of play, and as you'll see a lot in the playoffs, everyone... Uh, Leaving the skates basically means you're jumping in yeah, the air. You're ju- yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's a weird terminology, I know, but basically your your skates are no longer in contact with the ice. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you, yeah, lunging or jumping. So in, in an exaggerated sense, you're leaving your skates, like you're jumping so high that you're, you might, your skates might as well fly off right. your feet, you know? Um, so he's doing a wrestling move, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah um, I guess. <laughs> Like there, there's a difference between, um, like for example, this is a blast from the past. Scott Stevens, uh, the dude was notorious for headshots. Um, different era, the NHL. Different era, um, but he was also he was pretty good at keeping his skates on the ice. Um, yeah. But stuff that he did then, like in particular, one hit he did against Paul Correa in the. 2003 Stanley Cup he literally knocked him out that was scary but he came back to score a goal which is ridiculous uh Gary Thorne's calling that uh off the floor on the board Paul Correa I love Gary Thorne he's such a great commentator um right exactly BU um because you're getting that kind of push momentum with your with your foot so the hit that he did, uh, he, he left his skates um, and put his elbow directly into the guy's head and it turned it sideways. Um, it almost looked like you'll see over-exaggerated movies where someone will slap buddy, somebody and their, exactly. their head like goes off and He side. didn't even have the puck at this point. No, not at all. Um, so it's extremely dangerous. Um now, the penalty that was called, and I know everyone said that they wanted a major. Here's the thing. You can't call a major on that. Because according to Rule 48, which is illegal check to the head, I, I had to look this up. Yeah. Okay. You're, you, you, a minor penalty, 48.2 says a minor penalty shall be assessed for a violation of this rule. But... 48.3 says there is no provision for a major penalty for this rule. A major penalty is five minutes. And then there is no provision for a game misconduct for this rule, which is 10 minutes and ejection from the game. 48.5, though, says the referee at his discretion may assess a match penalty if in his judgment the player attempted to or deliberately injured his opponent with a legal check to the head. I think... He should have been ejected for that. The deliberate part is the the thing. And as you were mentioning earlier in our chat, it's it was blatantly obvious when he left his skates. The, it's not like even 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 the play at high speed. 
he knew McAvoy knew where he was. He actually took a look as to where he was position wise. Exactly. And he made the decision to make to take to make the hit. So the the fact that it was only a minor is ridiculous. Um, I think it should have been a, a match penalty as is allowed in the rule. I mean, um, at the very least, he's suspended for one for a game. But I think that's is, even too little. Uh, Things should have been at least two games. You but, can't you can't do that to somebody, so, uh, especially now that there's so much emphasis on concussions and things like that you can't do that anymore. so hopefully that'll lead to some sort of rule changes between the general at the general manager's meeting or something like that i'd like them to add a, a provision for a major penalty and a game misconduct so right. it's not so everything or nothing because i mean anything that has to do with the head should have that on the table exactly um i mean obviously hockey is hockey um, you got guys going at probably 20, 30 miles per hour. But now you've got the CT stuff go- heading yeah. on over to them with lawsuits and things. So they got to, they, they got to change something. Exactly. And of course you're going to have hits to the head. It, it, it happens. Sometimes you just can't control it, but something that obvious and so premeditated, you can't let that get away with just a two minute minor and a one game suspension that has to go multiple games and a game misconduct or a match penalty, whatever it may be. That's my take on it. And then going back quickly to Brad Marchand earlier in this series, he punched somebody in the back of the head. That's also, yeah, yeah, I I saw that too. Um. (laughs) Uh, That's another thing. If you remember, uh, And that's why I was, yeah, the, the guy on the Twitter, I don't know if you were watching it, but I, I the, the screen isn't active on my, okay, computer. well, regardless, it's just, uh, it was just some, some guy in a, in, in a wig and whatever. I'll, I'll look it, but regardless, I'll look it up. Uh, it's the, the college replay. rule book allows for five plus games for hits to the head at least. So, so at least they're doing something right over there on the NCAA yeah. side. And uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm grateful that college is actually doing something relevant about it. The bigger issue, both levels, is and, and that's that's another thing. Yeah, you, that's especially after what happened between Vegas and San Jose. Yeah, they the refs may not have. You know, it's hard. I know it's hard to be a ref. Whatever, uh, you're an umpire. Yes, but, <laughs> I no, mean, I get that, and it, I. Go ahead. It's just I I don't think the refs were in another situation where you had this five minute major, and all of a sudden they changed the entire course of the game, and it it did for the for the star for the sharks against the the knights. So, but regardless, yeah. I mean at least that wasn't a game seven. This was a game six. So right. Even, and who knows if it's hard to get three goals within five minutes. Right. You know, although, although San Jose did it. Oh no, they did it. But, <laughs> and in the, 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 the jackets were at home and they could have had all the momentum I know. in the world to, to take over that game. We were, we're off to game seven, but, but regard, I mean, it happened and the series is over. I, I, but I agree. I do think it's something that needs to be looked at uh, during the postseason of the general manager's right. meeting. I mean, if the NFL can make a positive change, surely the NHL can do it. Okay. So uh, the Bruins are, are are staying at home. They're going to be in Boston to face off against our favorite team, those bunch of jerks, the Carolina Hurricanes. Charles. Except for Charles. <laughs> okay, who's the one guy that hates Tom Dundon. Why do you hate Tom Dundon so much, Charles? 
He's just a he's just a businessman who's just trying to make ends meet. I mean, I don't know uh, how 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 much PC leeway I have in saying this, but you hate Hitler, don't you? Whoa! So you should hate okay. Tom Donovan for liquidating basically the AAF for his own purposes, like a sneaky little Mr. Monopoly villain from the old Looney Tunes. There's something terrible about knowing that he was the personal responsibility. Pretend he's Dr. Eggman as Jim Carrey. (laughs) No, no, not even that, because at least Eggman will get my money. Uh, You know, the the guy basically played, and mind you, I didn't care for the AAF. I'll be the first person to tell you. I thought it was a dumb idea. But uh, but it was so dirty, maybe it's because I'm not getting a little bit of that money. So there's something horrible about knowing that he's Carol Hurts, who he hasn't owned him for long, right? It's only been a couple years, or mm-hmm. I pronounce her. No, no, he's no. The Hurricanes were, are, yeah, he's recently had the Hurricanes at least for at least two seasons, I think. So he's dipping and dodging. Somehow they get to hoist the trophy. Uh, uh no, know. not yet, but. Gosh, it's such a, such a feel-good story, dude. Nobody had the Hurricanes going this far. Their fans are loving it. Don Cherry is pissed off, and that makes me happy because <laughs> uh, he had another rant on May May the Fourth, where he wore this ridiculous stormtrooper suit on air. And actually, I'll try and get it on there. Freaking Don Cherry and his crazy, cranky old coot. He's like eighty-six years old, or whatever, and. Um, I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, and there it is. There he is in the, the stormtrooper suit. Um, I, I would love for the Hurricanes to defeat the Boston Bruins. And here's why, because it would really stick into the craw of Don Cherry. Don Cherry does not have his name on the Stanley Cup, thank God. And he, he played one sole NHL game as a player. And who was it for? The Boston Bruins. He coached in the NHL, most notably for who? The Boston Bruins. Didn't win the Stanley Cup with them at all, but it's pretty darn obvious he has a lot of ties to Boston. And now here are the bunch of jerks heading into Boston, about to ruin this man's property. Don Cherry's going to die a very sad old man, and I can't wait. <laughs> I mean, I, Craig Seeger would have worn that better. Of course, Craig Seeger would have worn a lot I mean, of things I better. I mean, I think what just bothers me is that stars and that little striped tie or the stars tie with uh, the stormtrooper outfit. It doesn't make sense. I, I don't know. But he he doesn't make sense. He's just a cranky right. old man. And okay? old man yells at Hurricane. Yeah, as full disclosure too, as everybody and Mr. B knows, I know not a lick of hockey except for like a couple of things. I think that's pissed off Don Cherry's mind. Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it's fun enough for me to kind of like pay back, like you're bad, and then sensationalize it to my degree. Um, I did in fact see a Hurricanes game once in person. But that was a year ago when they were playing against the Panthers. But uh, I mean, Don Cherry, I don't. I don't, he looked like Malcolm McDowell from back in the day. So that's just me <laughs> romanticizing it a little bit. But uh, I, I will fall into consensus that Don Cherry is the great evil. I will follow you guys to the, uh, uh, to the mountain. I will die on the mountain. He's just the guy that needs this, – this is probably the best way to shut him up. Is to, and then the Hurricanes, of course, have taken even more pride and are getting more merchandise dollars out of Don Cherry because uh, – Oh, was it Andrew? They he he said another thing about Hurricanes fans. What was it? Frontrunners. Ah, yes. And the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Let me put up their Twitter page real quick. 
they they're actually the first hit on here more than the Carolina Panthers. Uh, maybe because they actually they actually do things unlike the Carolina Panthers. Ah, yes, they are f- now they they're selling T-shirts that say they are a bunch of front-running jerks. So <laughs> this is even better than 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 ever. I mean, I like that personality though. Damn it, Dundon. Oh, oh yeah, they're they're running with this all the way and hopefully all the way to the Stanley Cup. Um, because they can call themselves a bunch of front-running champions if they win. The market will just saturate with it, and we'll all have to buy those shirts. Yeah, and they've already won a Stanley Cup. That's I mean, but yes. this would this would be this would be quite the underdog story if they actually do win this darn thing. Um, all right, so Western Conference, uh, it's tied one-one now after the first between the Stars and the Blues. There was a controversial call in the last game between the Stars and the Blues. Andrew, can you and you are a goalie aficionado, so. What the heck happened, dude? Okay, so what happened was Dallas's goaltender um, Ben Bishop uh, was uh, stopped a shot that hit him somewhere around the collarbone. Um, that hurts. There's not a, a whole lot of protection up in the neck area. You have some, uh, but not as much as in the the main chest and stomach area. So he was stunned by the hit, uh, by the shot, and was writhing around in the goal crease a bit. St. Louis took advantage, um, and maybe like a second later, not even, uh, they shot the puck on the net. There was no one there, basically, since since Bishop was on the ice, and they scored. Now, naturally, there there were kind of two fields of thought here. The first was from Dallas that the, or let me make a side note here. There is a rule in the NHL that says if a player is injured on the ice, it is within the referee's discretion to, to call the play dead if the attacking team, or basically if a team that is on the defense in their defensive zone, if a player gets injured, Generally, the referee doesn't want to call the play dead because it'll kill an it'll kill a, a attacking moment. Uh, it's kind of like the equivalent of uh, letting the teams play if a penalty if a foul is called in soccer. They don't want to take away a scoring chance. But if the players if a referee considers the player to be so injured um, that it's de- it would be dangerous to them for play to continue without some sort of assistance then the referee can call the play dead. People, Dallas Stars thought they should have called the play dead. It makes sense. He was he looked like he was in a lot of pain. On the other hand, though, that was a... Ben Bishop has a reputation for being a flopper. But the whole, Really, okay. the whole, all of Dallas Stars, <laughs> there have been a lot of flops... Uh, in this series, so you have to imagine that that played into the decision a little bit, even if subconsciously, because he. And let me say this: usually, if a player is, especially if the player is right in front of the goal or otherwise right in the right in the way, exactly, um, especially a goaltender, since the puck is going to be shot at him. Um, I mean, personally, I would have called the play dead. Um, I mean, I mean, there was a part of the. A part of the the reasoning for the rest was that, and 
if the if the puck had you know gone off a of bishop and landed with the stars player, they would have whistled the play. Oh, right, down. of course. And but it actually went right onto to, you know the tape of a of a blues player, and the play went on from there. Right. Um, somebody said that he could have taken tried to take off his his mask, which would have ended the play right there and then. But I mean, if you're writhing in pain, you're just writhing in pain. You're not thinking about any other part of your body and trying to you know exactly stop the play. Um, although there is a rule saying that it's illegal for a goaltender to intentionally take off their mask. Right, but I think if it hits you in the back of the collarbone, and I don't know, I would have taken off my mask. Just, I don't know. I just to feel if I have feeling back there or something. Right. I don't know. Yeah, BU. I mean, typically the goaltender is kind of uh, like you'll see hockey uh, uh, players, not goaltenders, you know, forwards, defensemen. If their helmet comes off, uh, they can keep playing, although there's a rule now, or I think it'll start next season, where the player has to immediately go to the bench. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But if a goalie's mask comes off, play is called dead immediately, Who, no matter who has the puck. That it's gotten some controversial calls sometimes, um, but that's that's the rule. If the goalie's helmet comes off, if the mask comes off, play is dead. Period. Um, goaltenders have a lot more rule protections just because of the fact that they're getting vulcanized rubber shot at them at fifty pl- at seventy plus miles per hour. Um, I think the play should have been called dead just because he was down. Um, although. Typically, if a player is that injured, they're usually like. They're... I mean, he he did continue playing afterwards, but then he was after you know the the, the Blues scored and whatever, another goal. They, they finally put Kudobin back, you know, to replace him. So. Right. Um, I mean, I think him coming back into the game kind of deflated the argument a little bit that he obviously wasn't that injured. Um, but I, even then, I would just say hockey. I mean, gosh, who, who was playing on a torn ACL for the for the Leafs or something? I forgot who it was. But the hockey players just played through no, an immense, stupidly amount of. I think Patrice Bergeron played with like a punctured lung or something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So Maybe BU would know better. Hockey players are just uh, on it's, another level with regards to their. It's it's become a tradition that once a team is eliminated, um, there's always a press conference, and then uh, the coach will read out like the. Real injuries. The the, the the list of the wounded. No more listing them as upper or lower body injuries. No, they, they tell them, like, uh, last year um, when the Tampa Bay lost, um, I think I think our goal t- – uh, I forget who it was. I think it was Vasilevsky. I don't remember. But someone was playing with, like, a broken hand. And so it's just like, oh, that's why they were playing so well. <laughs> it's <laughs> – I swear the players get the worst injuries, and unlike the regular season, you got to keep playing. Uh, it's just the nature of the game, unless it's something truly serious. Um, but I know we're running out of time. I'll I'll try to wrap it up. Yeah. But I mean, I think I think the play should have been called dead, uh, but it didn't. Uh, now we have game seven. Now we have game seven. I mean, personally, I want St. Louis to win. So I'm not too angry, <laughs> but from a neutral standpoint, yeah, I think the I'm not. Have been I'm dead. not too keen on either teams. Really, I'm not for or against either one of them. I, I'd love an all Sun Belt Stanley Cup between the Stars and the Hurricanes. Yeah, but both teams have already won Stanley Cups. The Blues have not. Right, and they are currently the only team that does. Uh, no, the Sharks too. The Sharks too. So either the Blues or the Sharks, just to get one for one of those teams. Right. Um. um yeah. And then I guess I know we're kind of 
I don't know who to root for. Um, I'm rooting for St. Louis just because the stars keep flopping all over the I'm place. I'm kind of with the – well, Hurricanes would be number two, but I'm kind of with the Sharks because of the players that are on the squad. and They're my number one team regardless. And um, because I picked them as my Western Conference champion. and <laughs> right. I thought the Capitals would repeat, but they're not. So um, I want I want Joe Thornton to go out with with one championship. He has been a beast for uh, he's been playing since the '90s. I want him to go out with one championship, very Ray Bork esque. Yeah, um, it would actually be pretty funny if he actually did that against the Bruins. That, uh, yeah, that would be interesting since um, Thornton started with the Bruins back in the '90s, but he's played the vast majority of his career out in San Jose. Um, so yeah, I really want the Sharks to win. Um, and I guess I'll briefly cover this, the San Jose series. They're going to game seven. It's San Jose and the avalanche the avalanche avalanche came back last night. Um, and took it to, well, it was constantly the, the sharks having to catch up with them. Uh, but they took the game in, in overtime last night mm-hmm. to bring it to Game 7 back in San Jose. Um, that one should be interesting, um, regardless of who comes out of there. Um, mainly because the Avalanche's first series, that was a quick one. It was only five games, correct? Yeah. Uh, that was the, against the Flames. Right. So San Jose is dead uh they they played a seven game series into uh, overtimes and multiple they're either games. dead or they are hitting a stride where they're like they're just going to keep on playing right. until they get to the cup uh so that'll be that'll be an interesting series whoever comes out of there because both teams uh, both teams who go to the western conference finals are going to have gone through at least one seven game series uh i'm, I'm curious to see how that one plays out um, I'm hoping San Jose wins, obviously. Um, I don't know. Okay. What do you think, Francisco? Just... I mean, I already said that I want the Sharks to win, but I don't. Right. I mean, it's. I just don't know who's going to win, to be honest. The, the series has so far between the Avs and the Sharks have shown me that you can't really expect anything. So right. it's hockey. Really, you <laughs> expect hockey. the unexpected. So. Uh, but we are running up against the clock right now. We didn't get to everything that we wanted to talk about with regards to, but you know, the Hall of Famer that I want to talk about and all that stuff. But whatever, I guess we we'll cover conti- that next week. I guess we'll cover yeah. the Kentucky Derby next yeah, week. Yeah, uh, horses. <laughs> I don't know. We probably will forget about it. <laughs> um, so, but uh, thanks everybody for joining us on uh on this episode of sports goofs uh next week we'll talk about the greensboro grasshoppers <laughs> thanks again to bu the the sixth sports goof uh, always coming in in uh the clutch for us with all his knowledge of hockey and thank you to our non-sponsors uh contigo nintendo and uh the internet um and to everyone else who's out there that was silent this evening but uh played along with us we appreciate it uh we appreciate every one of you all right guys take care good night soft tacos are better than hard tacos good night oh <laughs> oh, oh we have to debate that next oh. week then because i was on the freaking list okay all right we're, we're, okay fine we'll leave it like that we'll, we'll talk about it we'll actually start with the show with that we'll start okay. the show with that okay <laughs> all right it is it is now done all right